In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but right around this time of year, Southwest Airlines tagline really, really sounds enticing. Want to get away? The answer is yes. I want to get away. I want to get away from the wind. I want to get away from the cold. I want to get away from the ice, the snow, the stress, my problems. Want to get away? Yeah. Sounds good. Here's the question. Where would you want to go? Somebody said Texas. I heard it. Texas. Oh, boy. Where else? Where would you want to go? Paradise. A beautiful, perfect place. Paradise. I don't know what paradise looks like to you. I don't know if it's a place that's... It's got to be a place that's a little warmer. Maybe it involves a beach. Maybe it involves a golf course. For Tim, it involves a Cowboys game. I don't know what paradise would look like to you, surrounded by family and friends maybe you haven't seen in a long time. Picture paradise in your mind's eye for a moment. Just picture it. What do you see? And is God at the center? If not, that's a problem. Mankind, think about this for a second. Mankind once lived in paradise with God at the center. And we could probably say, we should say, yes, it's true. Mankind lived in paradise because God was at the center. Imagine it. At the dawn of creation, God created everything and declared it good. Perfect even. God created mankind in His own image. He created them male and female. He created them. And it was good. It was very good. Perfect even. And He placed mankind in the, the crown of His creation, in the middle of the Garden of Eden. Paradise. Perfect. Beautiful. And here's the thing that we probably don't think about a lot. There was no need to toil, right? Where you really got to work at it. I mean, there's labor, but there's not toil. You don't have to toil because the ground produced what Adam and Eve needed and all they had to do was gather it up. No need to worry about the weather, right? If a sleet's coming or if it's going to be Negative 30 wind chill on the, on the weekend. Because the world was perfect. I, I don't think we can even approach how wonderful it must have been to be in a world without disharmony, without destruction, without danger. There's none of that. It didn't exist. No need to worry about anything because everything worked perfectly. Everything worked Exactly as God designed and exactly as God intended. Sounds like a wonderful world to me. True paradise. Because God and mankind 
are together in perfect harmony. An amazing relationship. God and mankind walking alongside one another, talking face to face, living in perfect, unbroken communion with one another. But it all went wrong. We know the story. The historical account, right? We don't want to present it like Aesop's fables. We know the historical account. The old evil foe tempted Adam and Eve to question this beautiful relationship by casting doubt on God's integrity. He's holding something back. He's holding something back. That's what the devil said. He's holding something back from you. He's holding back the ability to be like Him. Satan promised, if you just listen to me, I can give you more than God can. Wow, isn't that... And that captures the satanic perfectly. It does. I can give you more than God can. You don't want to keep the, sex, uh, the sixth commandment. That's how I tell the kids to remember it. I made a Freudian slip. I can give you more than God can. Right? My will is better than His. You'll see. If they just listened to Him, He could give them more than God can. And unfortunately, they believed that. Eve was deceived and then Adam ate. They ate of the fruit and they tasted Satan's wares all right, but they were wares of sin and death, despair, destruction, separation from God. And paradise on earth has not been true paradise since. Right? So you go to Hawaii, it's beautiful. And then you see something that they don't show you in the brochures, and that's a lot of homeless people sleeping on the beach without a home, right? Or you go by a beach and it says, don't swim here because of the jellyfish, right? True paradise has not been true paradise since. And then that's because God's not at the center anymore. An amazing relationship has been severed. A chasm has come. Separation has come. And eternal bliss has been, and life, immortality, exchanged for everlasting suffering and, and death. And then God does something that we might not understand, but it really is merciful, to keep them from living forever in this broken state where God is no longer at the center. He bars the way to the tree of life, right, as we heard with cherubim and a flaming sword. Exile. This is the first exile. We hear a lot about exile right now in the news, aren't we? Because of war and sedition. This is the first exile. Adam and Eve were exiled from paradise. A perfect place of light and beauty and relationships and harmony. Because of their sin, all of creation was corrupted. All of creation was cursed. Thrown into disharmony. A place of pain, sorrow, toil, weeping, and death. 
It's not like God didn't warn them what would happen, right? He told them in the day that they ate of that tree, the process of dying would begin. Physical death would enter the world, right? Dust to dust. We talked about that last week. We are created in God's image from the dust, now only to be returned to it in disgrace. And spiritual death also entered into the world, right? That's that separation from God that we deserve because of our sin. We're created to live forever in the presence of God. That's why he created paradise, so that we might live with him at the center. Now only to not want him there. Exiled to land of darkness and death, far from the face of God with his light and grace. And um, our old Adam loves that. How tragic. The problem is, we try to solve this exile problem with all the wrong solutions, right? We think, well, if I just try harder, right? If I just try harder, if I can resist sin and walk in absolute purity, if I could be righteous in God's sight by what I do, what I say, what I think, man, then there would be a chance. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are conceived sinful. In sin did my mother conceive me, David confesses. Already corrupted by original sin from our beginning, we cannot help but sin. Our sin is ever before us. We cannot return from exile by our own reason or strength. We cannot come to our Lord or believe in Him or love Him. Even want to be around Him. We cannot enter the presence of God by means of the work of our hands, and often we just don't want to. We've been totally corrupted. This is how I explain original sin to our confirmands. And I don't know if it's a good way to express it. I think it is. It's crass. But you are a zombie, right? Just like in the movies. All right? And I hate to be that crass in the house of the Lord, but it's very appropriate. Because a zombie doesn't decide he or she's going to be good or going to stop being a zombie. All a zombie wants is death and destruction. That's it. Needs something outside of itself. That's us. We're helpless and hopeless. Wandering in the darkness, bent on sin and destruction, and we don't even know it until God's Word reveals it to us. We need help. This is what the Bible portrays. We need help. We need one who will bring us out of exile 
and back to paradise. Back to life with God at the center. Right? In God's presence. It's what we need. One who will return us to that relationship that Adam and Eve had with God in the garden. The good news is, there is good news. That is exactly what God delivered to us in the person of Christ. A Redeemer. A Messiah. The Anointed One. This is what God promised to Adam and Eve after the fall into sin. Right? As they were being expelled from the garden. God told them that the darkness would be overcome by the one who would do battle with the evil serpent. The promised one would overcome, but not without sacrifice, right? The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent, Satan. But the seed of the woman would also suffer pain and indignity. The pain and indignity of bruised flesh. And this is where our Lenten journey with Jesus takes us. Our champion, our Savior, broken and battered, beaten and belittled, bloody and burdened. He would carry to the cross what would be our shame, our exile, our sin, our death. The sacrifice He would give would be everything. His body and soul. Christ would stand there in our stead and suffer what we deserve. True exile. The Father's presence removed. Scorn and shame from humankind heaped upon him. He would bear what we could not, and he would overcome what we could not. He would accomplish what was impossible for us, a return from the exile of sin and death. Right? That's what the celebration of Easter is all about. The Christ, Jesus on the tree, removed the dividing wall of hostility between God and man and mankind and restored the harmony to creation. The blood of Jesus restores us and returns us to God as we begin to hope and believe in Him through the power of the Holy Spirit to have Him at the center of of true life, true renewal. God gives us His Word and Spirit and through these means He forgives us, renews us, and leads us and begins that work in us of restoration. The Gospel, God's merciful activity among sinners has a way of of just restoring hope where there seems to be none, right? Right? So, 
I don't know if you can imagine yourself being crucified for a moment. But think of that thief on the cross, right? Who, early in this ordeal, kind of gave Jesus the business, you know. Kind of, along with the other thief, mocked and belittled Jesus. Hey, what do you, come on. If you are who you say you are, get us out of here, right? But as Jesus is on that cross, think about what he's doing and what he's saying. He's quoting scripture. He's quoting Psalm 22. He's forgiving his enemies. He's looking out for his mother. He's loving those around him who are jeering, mocking, and and calling for his death. And something strikes this thief, right? He changes his tune. We're getting what we deserve. This man's done nothing. And then the interesting thing comes. He, he goes to our Lord and he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what does Jesus say back? I tell you the truth. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Doesn't say, hey. Doesn't give him, give him you know, a, a little jeer back. Yeah. I bet you want to get away. Want to get away? Right? The Southwest Airlines tagline. You can't afford the fare. He doesn't do that. Today you will be with me in paradise. Christ has brought that return to Eden to pass. Okay? Exiled sinners have been redeemed and restored by our champion. He has fought the good fight in our place, has overcome all that kept us from the garden. Paradise lost to paradise won. And the gates of that garden stand open and ready. And God invites us, come. We who were exiled... He invites us to come. John saw it in his fullness. He saw those coming out of the great tribulation entering into the gates of everlasting life and a restoration to Eden. He sees paradise on earth again. The new and better Eden. Here's what he writes. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and no longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Did you hear John's description of paradise? All that time, wanting to get away from God, done. That's our problem. All that time, Despising his gifts? Done. 
all that separation, all that disharmony, all that stuff, done. Imagine the day when, you know, I know we're not going to be watching TV and the new heavens and new earth, but, you know, that tagline comes along, want to get away? No, I don't. I'm in a perfect place. And at the center is God and the Lamb on His throne. There, brothers and sisters in Christ, we'll see paradise for what it truly is. We just have no idea right now. I'm sorry. We will see paradise for what it truly is. The waters of life flowing around the tree of life. Basking in the light that is the Lamb and God and dwelling in His presence. That's paradise. And it's not just for a few days, not just for a week, not for an extended sabbatical. You know, maybe if you're lucky, you get a month. Not for a summer. Forever. This isn't just a return from exile. This is a promise of no more exile for those in Christ. Want to get away? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus has restored that for you. Eden forever. True paradise. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.